Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, I'm Bill. If we haven't met, it's nice to be here with you tonight. Got a question for you. Have you ever known anyone, maybe you're this person, by the way, but have you ever known anyone who would do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to succeed or accomplish the goal? Anyone know? All right. Listen, I used to know some of someone like that. I actually still do. But when I was a kid, um, there was a guy named Michael Jordan. All right, and, he, and I know everybody's like, oh, you should be talking about Giannis. Okay, Giannis got a few years to go before he reaches that status. But Michael Jordan is regarded as like the most talented, most skilled basketball player uh, ever, really. I mean, arguably the greatest of all time, all right? Most people recognize that. Um, but most people don't realize he was not only the best player, most talented, but he was also the hardest working all right, Michael Jordan would arrive early to the gym. He would stay late after practicing five or six hours, and then he would practice some more. He'd work on his fundamentals. He'd hit the weights. He would get into yelling matches with his teammates, sometimes even fist fights with his teammates. If he thought they weren't giving their best or giving their all, he would do all of this, right, to do whatever it takes to reach the goal of being the best but also winning the championship. Listen, there are times in life where we're being successful. It demands our full attention and effort. That's what it requires. Now, if I didn't give my, my everything, my 100% in those situations, guess what? I wouldn't reach my goal, right? Is that true? Absolutely. There are situations like that. Today what we're going to do is we're going to take our final look at the unstoppable church. All right, we're going to see how the Apostle Paul, who is going to be the main character here in just a minute, um, besides Jesus. Okay, Jesus is always the main character, but the person here is, is Paul. And we're going to see how he is willing, just like Michael Jordan, willing to do whatever it takes to reach the goal, to do whatever it takes to move the mission forward. Now, it's my hope and my prayer for each one of us here today that we would hear God, all right, it's, it's, it's my hope and my prayer that God would use this time, these precious minutes that all of us have to share together in all of eternity, by the way, we've got right now that God has given, that he would use that time to work on our hearts and maybe even in our hearts. That he would bring us to a place that we say yes to Jesus, perhaps even in a brand new way today. We would say yes to Jesus and especially with respect to moving the mission forward. All right, so as we get into God's word in the next minute or two, all right, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you two questions up front, and I want you to think about these questions as we're going through during our time together. And then I'm going to ask you it again at the very end, all right? But here's the two questions. First one is this. What is God showing me today? And then the second one. How is the Holy Spirit leading me to respond? So those two questions, just think about that as we, as we go along, all right? With that said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. You are God and we are not. So God, we thank you for the grace because we didn't earn the right to be breathing right now. We didn't earn the right to, to be here gathered together. We didn't earn the right to, to hear from you and your word today. 
God, it's all grace. So God, thank you for that. God, I pray that we would hear from you indeed. God, I pray that we would hear from you, but also understand what you're trying to tell us. God, we know that's not possible unless you you intervene in the most beautifulest of ways. So God, not only that we would hear from you and understand, but Lord, we're going to go one step further because we know that you're good. We know that you answer prayer. So God, we're going to ask, can we hear from you? Can we understand? But Lord, also help us by your grace and by the might and power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to respond in faith, Lord. Help us to follow you, Lord Jesus, as a result of having spent this time together with each other, but also with you today. Be glorified, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, cool. Let's, let's turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, turn there in your Bibles if you, if you would, or on your device if you'd like to. Acts chapter 20. And, and here's what uh, uh, we need to get up to speed, right? Because we're jumping into a point in God's word. We're jumping into history. So what do we need to know before we just dive in? All right, here's a couple things. Acts chapter 20 takes place about 25 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? 25 years after that, all right? The next thing we need to appreciate is the main character, again, aside from Jesus, Jesus is always the main character in his word, all right? But we see Paul. Paul is a very special guy that God has chosen to be the apostle to the Gentiles. What that means is this. God chose Paul. And he said, hey, I want you to be the main person. There are other people, okay, but I want you, Paul, to be the main person that tells all the non-Jewish people about Jesus. Tell them that Jesus died for their sins. Tell them that three days later Jesus rose from the grave for their lives. Tell them that, that, that Jesus is the one who, if you believe in him and if you trust him to save you, he'll save you. All right, tell them that good news. So, so that's what Paul did. Everywhere Paul went, whether he was in his hometown, whether he was at his home church, all right, whether he was on a formal missionary journey, we see Paul taking journeys, and they're all outlined in Acts, by the way, but he, but he takes formal, like planned journeys, travels, and he goes into, into uh, the Middle East, like Syria. He goes into um, Turkey or Asia. We'll see Asia in here. It means Turkey. And he'll even go into Greece. He plans these travelings to tell people about Jesus, right? Wherever he's at, he's telling people about Jesus. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is finishing the third missionary journey, okay? And he's about to go back to Jerusalem. And here's the thing about Jerusalem. There's a lot of people there that want to hurt Paul. A bunch of people there that want to even kill him. All right? So, so that's the stage for where we're jumping in. So let's do it. Acts chapter 20. We're going to start in verse number 18. Let's go. All right. When they arrived, so when Paul arrived with the people he was traveling with, when they arrived, he said to them, Who's them? All right, them, these are his dear friends, all right, the church leaders in Ephesus. Paul spent a couple years with these guys, all right, and they, were, and, and they partnered together telling people about Jesus in the area. So he's meeting up with his dear friends, okay, here we go, and here's what he says. Still in verse 18, Paul says, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the very first day I came into the province of Asia. 
I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. Verse 21. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks, you could say non-Jews or Gentiles right there, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit. Can we say it together? Compelled by the Holy Spirit. Ready? Compelled by the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen. So this isn't, Paul didn't come up with this, this idea. He's being compelled. He's being motivated. He's being led. He's being called by the Spirit. He says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. We know what's over there. We just talked about it. Not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Let that sink in. Paul considers his life worth nothing to him. Hmm. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. He's speaking to his friends. He's like, listen, this is it. We're meeting up. You're never going to see I'm going to Jerusalem. You're never going to see me again. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do know this. You're never going to see me again. Skip down to verse 36. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them the most, though, was his statement that they would never see his face again. Dear friends. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Paul gets on the ship and he starts to make his way toward Jerusalem again. Now, why in the world would Paul go to Jerusalem where danger and death await? Why would he do that? Because there's a mission, right? There's a mission that Christ has called him to, and nothing else matters. Not his reputation. People think he's crazy, or people think he's just one of those Christian wacko guys, Right? Or people think he flip-flopped because he used to be Jewish only, a persecutor of the church, and now he's basically on the other side. He's like, I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about my safety. I don't even care about my life. Listen, my only aim, I know there's going to be challenges, but my only aim is this, that the mission would move forward. In fact, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll even lose my life. I don't even, I don't even count my, worth, my life worth anything anyways. I, listen, I'll do whatever it takes to move the mission forward. And that's why I'm saying yes to God. And that's exactly why I'm headed back to Jerusalem. Now, we keep talking about mission. What is Paul's mission? All right? It's simply this. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Some people will recognize this. It's called the Great commission. Jesus says to his disciples, he says to his apostles, Paul included by the way, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations or every ethnicity, all right, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Basically, 
you, you want to sum that up just really quick? You say, tell the world, I don't care who they are, tell the world, Jesus says, about me, about the good news. Right? So Paul's got this mission. But what about us? Do we have a mission? The answer is yes. Of course we do. And, and it's the same as Paul's. Because Jesus was talking not only to his apostles, not only to the disciples at the time, but he was actually giving this great commission. He was giving this mission to the church. And that includes us, all who believe in Jesus. Right? So yes, we have a mission. Here at Fox River, here's what it sounds like. All right, It's just instead of using all those words, we've boiled it down and we've crafted it and here's what it is. Our heart is people. Our message is Jesus. That's where that comes from. It comes from the Great Commission. That's our mission as a church. Now listen, we're not apostles like Paul. All right, we're not. But we are called and commanded by Christ to move the mission forward no matter what, in the ways that we can. Listen, in the places that we are, with, with the people that have been placed by God, by the way, in his sovereignty, by the, with the people who have been placed in our path. Now when I think about Paul going back to Jerusalem, all right, when I think about that, how he's going back to the place where he spent most of his childhood in school. All right, Paul is going back to the place where he spent all of his adult life, or sorry, all of his young adult life in, in religious school training and such. All right, he's going back to this place where he, he knows people. He's going to see, when he gets there, he's going to see familiar faces, some of them friendly. Many of them not. When I think about Paul going back and how he didn't know much, but he knew this, I'm going to tell him about Jesus. When I think about that, I start to think about me. And I start to think about you. And I start to think about the times like, man, what, what are those times that, that, that I have seen people from my past? Okay, like, like when I'm grocery shopping or I'm at, I'm at the state fair or or I'm at a sporting event, or I'm, I'm on social media, right? And, 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 and I see these people from the past in retrospect, looking back, right? And then also, right, kind of like we're going to have this conversation right now, and, and maybe we can apply some of these things as we move forward by God's grace. When I look back, I'm like, man, most of those times I missed the opportunity because I think every single time God was setting me up, he was, he was just laying this opportunity Right there before me. And you too, if you're willing to, to agree. Man, that was an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. Huh. So, right here I got my yearbook, 1997, The Warrior's Way of Life. Shout out to Muskego. You know, and, and hey, I don't know if, uh, if you guys are willing, but man, these people look so skinny. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, okay. Um, but, hey, have, has anyone ever been in, uh, had the chance, I'm not saying whether you went or not, but had the chance to go to a high school reunion? Anybody, like, you know? Yeah, okay, cool. Now, I'm not even going to ask who went and who didn't, because, like, some people are like, yeah, I love those things. And some people are like, man, I am not going, all right? So I know there's, like, the full gamut of, uh, of all of that. But listen, the next time, all right, that you get the chance to go. And young people listen up, by the way, because you're going to see people there. And, and you might want to just keep that in mind, how you treat them now, because you're going to see them later. Okay, anyways, but moving on, moving on. All right, listen, what if the next time we get the opportunity to go to a high school reunion, we say yes. 
And maybe say yes, if you've gone before, maybe say yes in a different kind of way. Like not only go, but go on mission. Perhaps you've said no in the past. You don't want to go to those things. What if you said yes? And again, you went with a purpose, with a mission. You went there. When somebody asks you, because you know that they're going to ask you. And if you've been to a reunion before, this is the question. I mean, it's just, it's just what you say. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Right? And, and when you answer that, listen, you can tell them about Jesus. You can tell them, man, this, Jesus has made such a difference in my life. Here's what's happened. Here's what he's done. He's made a real difference. And I'm not the same person. And maybe, maybe that's a good time to apologize for some things. I know I did that at my, my reunion, okay. But listen, that's just one idea of, of, of thousands. One idea of how we can move the mission forward in just normal, everyday life. Okay. There's a lot of chances. Listen, and we all want to be liked. Okay, whether it's we're out and about or we're at a specific event like a high school reunion. We all want to be liked. None of us want to be rejected. But when I'm in a situation, when you are in a situation um, where people might judge you, I would encourage you to think this way. Be willing to risk your reputation for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of moving the mission forward. Now, what about those times where we have the opportunity to, to uh, share Jesus, but it, but it feels, and sometimes maybe it even is, dangerous? What about those times? Listen, quick story. A couple years ago, um, I was down in uh, Atlanta. I was there for a conference with some high school students and some college students. And um, you know how it is. You get, you get hungry sometimes, especially when you're, you know, with younger folks. And, uh, you know, so we got hungry. It was like midnight or 1 a.m. I can't remember exactly. It was really late. And um, so we walked to Papa John's. We were staying in downtown Atlanta. But um, anyways, we walked, and Papa John's was kind of outside of the downtown area. It was kind of a, a longer walk than we, we, we thought. So anyways, we're walking there because we didn't have a car. And um, in and we got our pizza. It was really hot. It was really good. We were super hungry. So it was like awesome, okay. And then um, so we start to walk back. And we realize, right, because now our hunger is like partially satisfied. So now you're more perceptive. And, and we start to see some potentially unsavory characters on the streets at 12 or 1 o'clock in Atlanta, okay. So we're, we're walking. And, uh, man, it just, you know, especially looking back, um, that just might have not been the safest situation, Okay. So what, what did we do, okay? I'm, I'm just sharing you because, like, the Holy Spirit just kind of, like, directed. It's kind of one of those times you look back and it's like, huh, how did that turn out that way? Huh, thank you, God, you know? Because I, I remember thinking this. I, I honestly don't. But, but we, were, we just took our pizza and we walked down the street. And whenever we passed someone, we just said, hey, do you want a piece of pizza? And we share. Some people said yes. Some people said no. And the people who said yes, we, we would stand there and we would talk and, and how are you doing and and we say, hey, we're here in town for, for a Christian conference. Do you know Jesus? I mean, what do you think about Jesus? And we just have a conversation about Christ, right? And we, we talk about the gospel kind of inside of that conversation. Are we willing to risk our reputation? But are we willing also to set aside our safety for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of moving the mission forward? And if it comes to it, and in many ways I hope it doesn't, but if it comes to it, am I willing even to lose my life? We might be in situations like that. 
You might have had some situations like that. Am I willing to risk my reputation, set aside my safety, even lose my life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of moving the mission forward? Just so that more people hear that Jesus saves, bro. You ever see those shirts? Yeah, okay. The hats. Yeah, Jesus saves, bro. Okay. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, he says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. All right? For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Okay? Are we willing to lose everything for Jesus? When we're willing to do that, he will give us more than we ever imagined, both in that moment but also for eternity. It seems like there's a risk. There's no risk. It seems like we're setting aside our safety, but that's actually the safest place we can be is in the will of God. Amen? Right? seems like we're going to lose our life. And Jesus says, that's exactly what I'm calling you to. Make the mission your only aim. Be willing, right, for the sake of the gospel, moving the mission forward. This is exactly how the Holy Spirit leads. This is exactly how the Holy Spirit calls each of us. God wants to usher each one of us into this place where we think and actually when we say and actually when we act, this next phrase out. Listen, my mission is submission to his mission. All right? He wants to bring us to a place where we say, my mission is submission to his mission. Can we just try that together? You can use the hand motions if you want. All right, ready? My mission is submission to his mission. Okay? That's where he wants to bring each one of us. We saw in Acts chapter 20 right here. That, that, that's where Paul's at. He's like, my only aim is to do what Christ has called me to do. My only aim is to bring, right, the, the good news of Jesus Christ to more sets of ears. My only aim is to move this mission forward, to complete the task that's been given to me. That's my only aim. We see that in Acts chapter 20. When we read Acts 21 through 28, because there's only like seven chapters left after this, right, we see that Paul maintains this attitude. The crucified and risen Savior met Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. Met him right where he was at. Paul wasn't looking for Jesus. Jesus came to him and met him. That's how God does it, by the way. And God, Jesus himself, invited Paul to be on mission with him. And Paul said, yes. He says, yes, Lord. And then you see, immediately after that, I mean, immediately, that word is even in your Bible, immediately. What do we see? We see Paul living out this response of worship, this, this response of following. He's like, Lord, you saved my life. Lord, you changed my eternity. You gave me a new heart. You gave me new eyes. You gave me a new mind. You gave me eternal life. You gave me a purpose. You gave me your spirit. I am going to respond, Lord, to how good you've been to me. I'm going to respond by moving the mission forward at all costs, no matter what. And that's what we see Paul doing over and over and over again. He's like, of course I'll join you on mission, Lord. Of course. I'll do whatever it takes to move that mission forward. Right? And we see some of this outlined, by the way. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul gives some details. He says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. So he's being whipped right, with, with a big leather strap by his Jewish countrymen. All right, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. 
I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. This is Paul talking about all the hard times he's been through. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. That's a lot of danger, isn't it? Verse 27, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger. And thirst, and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure. Right? He's, he's like stressed. Why is Paul stressed? Daily. This daily pressure of my concern for all of the churches. Yet my only aim remains to move the mission forward. Here's the key. Are you ready? Just like you, Jesus. Just like you. See, when Christ calls us to follow him, if we're willing to think about what that means, follow me. I mean, where did Jesus go? He lived a life of suffering, didn't he? It eventually led to his death. I mean, where does this whole move the mission forward no matter what? I mean, where does that come from? It comes from Jesus. Paul's just imitating Christ. Paul's like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right? Listen, Jesus is the one, right, that loved the people of the world, John 3.16. All right? Jesus is the one who suffered and died for them. And he calls us to follow him. He, and he leads us to do the same on mission, just like Jesus. You see, while Jesus was alive on the earth, what was his mission? Luke 19.10, it was this. I have come to seek and to save the lost. Now, Jesus isn't alive on the earth anymore, but he is alive in heaven. And his mission for his church, that's you and I, it's essentially the same. The question is not what's the mission. The question is, the real question is this, will we say yes to moving the mission forward for Jesus and with Jesus? Will you say yes to the Lord for his glory? I'm going to give you some exact things that, that maybe you can do depending on where you're at. I'll try and vary it up a little bit. But will you say yes to Jesus when it comes to his glory? Here's what I mean. God, you, you have made me clean. You've washed me clean on the inside. You've, you've washed my sin away. If you want me to, to show the world by going under the water, you want me to show the world of what you've done for me on the outside or on the inside? You want me to show a picture of that on the outside? I'll do that. I'll say yes to you with respect to believers' baptism. See, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to, does this make sense? It doesn't come down, it shouldn't come down to, what are people going to think? How uncomfortable or comfortable will I be? See, it shouldn't come down to those things. Now, I know those factor in, and I was there. So I'm, I'm like, you know. Hypocrite numero uno, okay? So, so just, just realize that. It's a process, right? But, but what I'm doing, I'm trying to challenge you. I'm trying to push you. Would you say yes to God for his glory when it comes to believer's baptism? If you're a believer in Jesus and you haven't been baptized after you received him, will you say yes to Jesus, right? Not only for his glory, but will you say yes to Jesus for your good? You see, Jesus wants to bless you by you spending time with him. All right? He, will you allow him to teach you? Will you allow him to make you more like him? Will you allow him to transform you from the inside out by reading his word, actually taking minutes of your day and reading his word, dedicating time to pray, 
to him, to talk to him, right? He talks to us through his word. We talk to him through prayer. Would you do that? He'll change you for the better. 100% of the time, no question about it. Say yes to Jesus for his glory. Say yes to Jesus for your good. And say yes to Jesus, listen, so that others might be blessed. You can make a real and positive difference in someone's life. It isn't, it isn't like, well, maybe I can make a difference. We'll just see how it goes. And no, you can if you say yes. You can make a real difference in someone's life. You can actually help somebody to know Jesus and to receive him. Now, they might not receive him in your presence if they don't know him yet. But you can be part of that seed watering. And then later on, perhaps, God will cause that seed of faith to grow, right? Selflessly serve the people that God has placed in your path. Selflessly. Invite your neighbors to church. Guess what? They need God's grace just like you and I do. Does anybody need God's grace in here? Anybody? Okay, good. We got a few folks. That's good. Okay, listen, we all need God's grace. And, and not all of our neighbors even know Jesus, okay? So how sweet would it be if they, if they received Jesus as a part of his grace that he offers? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Okay, I'm going to get real specific here. And I know this, right, because when you get enough people around here in, in the same room and across the campuses and, and everybody online, like when you get enough people you can get specific and you know it's going to hit some people. Listen, there's a couple people that need to hear this. Stay in your marriage. You're thinking about getting out. Maybe your wife or husband knows you feel that way. Maybe they don't even know. Maybe you're just kind of like processing this. You haven't told anybody. Stay in your marriage. Don't leave. Don't give up. God wants to bless others through. He wants to bless your family. He wants to do a miracle in your own heart. He wants to bring you to a place where you're like, I don't want to leave anymore. He wants to bring you to a place where you look back and say, I'm so glad I stayed because I see how my family, my family's better for it. He wants to use you to show the love of Jesus in your home. Stay married. And here's another one. Sign up for Serve Week. Serve Week is coming up. Late August, all right, 14th through 20th, sign up for Serve Week. Serve the people in your community. They really need the tender, loving care of Christ. They need to see the gospel. They need to hear the gospel. They need to know that we care, right? And one of the ways we can do that is by serving them with our hands and with our feet. And just really showing that love. Listen, move the mission forward. you can. And then here's my last point. And I think this is probably the thing that, that many of us need to hear most. It's not just the mission, like somewhere over there. It's not just the mission. It's my mission, right? My mission is submission to his mission. It's not just the mission, it's my mission. Can we say that together? It's not just the mission, it's my mission. What has God shown you today? I hope he's shown you a couple things. Maybe just one. I'll, that's great. God, you showed me one thing. All right. What has he shown you today? And how is his Holy Spirit leading you to respond? However he's leading you, 
I pray that you will say yes, especially with something so eternally significant and important as this, to move the mission forward. Let's pray. Jesus, we remember who you are. We remember what you've done for us. You are the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. And when we first believed, Lord, you saved us from hell and you saved us to heaven. Your great desire, Lord, is that the whole world will come to believe and that they will hear the good news and be saved. God, because your heart is people and your message is Jesus. For your church, God, here, here, those of us at Fox River, God, a part of the online community, our whole Fox River family, Lord, every campus, may our mission be the same. And that we would do whatever it takes to move that mission forward. May you continue to cultivate that truth in our very hearts that it might begin to bear beautiful fruit. And that the mission might actually move forward by your grace and by your power. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, can I tell you, tell you guys a quick story? This is kind of an add-on here. Um, I was riding my bike the other day. I like to ride my bicycle and... Anyways, I was, I was riding, and I got to an intersection. And when I arrived there, it was just a couple minutes after a really terrible accident. A car accident had occurred. There was fatalities, at least one for sure. It was really bad. Um, and it reminded me of a couple things. It reminded me how fragile life is. You know, like in one little illness happens. One, one little accident happens, right? Stuff like that, right? Something unexpected happens and all of a sudden we're not alive anymore. It reminded me um, just like any moment could be our last, right? There are times where we're just kind of reacquainted with that truth. And that was one of those times. And so I, I pulled into a, a driveway you know, right, right near there, and um, man, I was just thinking. I was just, I was hoping, I was praying that 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 person or those people that were involved in that accident. I was just like, man, I hope that I hope they, I hope they had heard the gospel. You know, I heard, I hope they heard the gospel. I hope they believed. I hope that right now they're in the presence of God Almighty, and nowhere else. If you're here today and you believe in Jesus, but you haven't received him yet, like you haven't trusted him to save you, man, now's the time. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next five minutes. If you believe receive him now because truly this might be your final opportunity if that's you if you want to receive Jesus now if you believe that he died on the cross for your sins and three days later he rose again to new life for your life he didn't rise from the grave just to have fun because he was bored being dead no there was a purpose He's alive so that you can be alive. And 
All you got to do is believe and trust him to save you. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus now. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes if, if you would. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that, Lord, you, you, you died, but you rose three days later for my life. I have sinned against you, Lord Jesus, and I need your forgiveness. I receive you now, Lord. God, please welcome me into your family. Remind me over and over again, Lord, in this moment, but also in the moments and minutes and days and weeks and years, Lord, willing to come. Lord, remind me that everything I have in you, Jesus, is by grace. I haven't earned any of it. But it's because you are good and you give good things, God. Remind me that I'm saved by grace through faith. But help me at the very same time to live my life differently for you. Change me, Lord, from the inside out through the power of your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit, and help me to follow you with my life. If you prayed that prayer today, if you received Jesus Christ as your Savior today for the very first time, would you just raise your hand a little bit? You see that? Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Online, if you want to type saved in the chat, that's awesome. God, we, we thank you for the good work you're doing. And God, we, we say thank you for your salvation. God, we say thank you for our new family members. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Be glorified, Lord, we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.